If we can get started on time, we can finish early today. That's the plan. So, what is my filtration fraction? What's my equation for filtration fraction? GFR over RPF. What's my GFR? KF times delta P. What's my excretion rate? UX times V. Now, before I get started, um, we had a little bit of sad news in our department. I don't know if some of you have heard already, but um, one of our clinical tutors, Dr. Brian Obadicina, passed suddenly on Friday. Um, so I just wanted you to be aware that um, he will no longer be working with our small groups. All right. So if we can just have one minute of silence. So on Thursday, we started the distribution of body fluids lecture, and we talked a little bit about water and how our water content gets regulated, and we discussed our compartments. Who remembers what my ECW, how do I find my ECW? It's one-third or two-thirds? One-third of my total body water. And how do I find total body water for a woman? 50%. And if it's a male, 60%. All right, good. And so we ran through this slide. Um, we talked about the interstitial fluid. We also talked about the plasma volume and the blood volume, which takes into account our hematocrit. And we worked through one example, and then I left you with this problem over the weekend to take a look at and try and get familiar with. So if we can just run through this problem, and then we'll get on to the next method of finding volumes for compartments. All right, so here we have a healthy adult female, 145 pounds, hematocrit is 42%. So we'll have to switch the body weight from pounds to kilograms. So everything has to be in kilograms because kilograms nicely aligns with liters. So what is this patient's body weight going to be? So if we do the math and divide it by 2.2 pounds, you should get 66 kilograms, which is equal to 66 liters. So now what would the TBW then be? So it would be 33.5 of that 66 TBW. And if I wanted to find her ICW, ICW is how much? 
two-thirds. So you take two-thirds of your 33, and you should get 22. So if you work at fractions or if you work it with decimals, you'll roughly get about the same value. Yeah. So my ECW then would then be 11. And you can do that by actually subtracting your 22 from 33, or you can just divide 33 by a third, or multiply it by a third. Um, next, our plasma volume. Our plasma volume is what? 1 fourth of our ECW, so we should get about 2 and 3 quarters, and then our ISF would be what then in 8.25. So you can subtract the 2.75 from 11 to give you your 8.25. Or you can, again, do the math if you feel to. And then the blood volume, what do we need to take into account here? Her hermetocrit, which is 0.42. So we would have our 2.8, which is our plasma volume, over 1 minus 0.42. Yeah? Anybody have any trouble doing this? Anybody not understand this? All right. Well, there's more than one way, as they say, more than one way to skin a cat. I don't like that saying, but... There's more than one way to do something. Let's just put it that way. So we used body weight to find out the, the volume of his compartments, but there's another method that can be used and is also highly used, is dye dilution technique. And so basically what you have is you have this equation that you take into consideration. You've got the compartment volume. That's what you're looking for. You want to find out how much the, the volume the compartment is. And you have the amount of dye that's injected, and from that you subtract the amount that's excreted or metabolized, depending on how they ask the question, and then you look at the concentration of that substance that's left after equilibration. Okay. So you have three compartments that are marked directly, your total body water, your ECW, and your PV. Those are marked directly. The other two are not. So your ICW and your ISF, what you will have to do is you will have to find these compartments and then subtract in order to get the ISF and the ICW. So the markers are very important. For the TBW, you want a marker that goes wherever water goes. It doesn't matter where in the body, it's just going to go where water goes. So you've got D2O. You've got antipyrine, and you've got tritiated water. For ECW, you don't want it to cross into the cells. And so you've got radioactive sodium, radioactive chloride, thiosulfate, mannitol, inulin, all of those can mark your ECW. And your plasma volume, you want it in the plasma, but not in the interstitial fluid. So you've got Evans blue and radioactive albumin. And the radioactive albumin is not a big, huge, thick protein. It's minced into a nice little dye mixture. So bless you. So here again, these two compartments cannot be measured directly, so you will have to find the other compartments and then subtract accordingly. All right, so if we look at this problem, you have an adult female, five microcuries of radioactive albumin. So right there, what compartment are we looking for? We're looking for the plasma volume. All right, good. So in one hour, the albumin equilibrates throughout the appropriate compartment. 0.5% of the marker has been metabolized, and then the concentration left afterwards is two microcuries per liter. All right, so if we're using our equation, we've got our compartment volume equals to the amount injected minus the amount metabolized over the concentration. So what do I start with? How much did I start with? 
I started with five microcuries. How much did I metabolize? So how much did I metabolize? How would I find out how much I metabolized? 0.5% times my five. So I want to know how much I started with and how much, what was the percentage that was metabolized of the amount that was started with and how much did I end up with after equilibration? Two microcuries. So it should look like this. My amount that I started with was five microcuries. I metabolized 0.5% of that five. And then I equilibrated with two microcuries per liter. So at the end of that equation, you should derive the answer 2.5 liters. No? All right, so assume that she's healthy. What is her body weight? Now, what am I asking you to do here? Go backwards. So we have the plasma volumes, 2.5. What am I going to need to do first? All right, what's the easiest thing to do next? We can find her. Do we need her ISF, though, to find her body weight? It would be better to jump up and go to her ECW. Yeah. So we can find her ECW. And to find the ECW, we multiply it by our 4. Or you can, um, yes, so you can multiply it by a fourth or divide it by a quarter. Either way, you should get the same answer. 10 liters. Um, and then what? What's next? What should I find from this next? I can find her TBW. And how would I do that? Again, I can divide it by a third or multiply it by three. Okay, so it should be 30 or... 30.3 if you use the decimal, right? Okay, so she's got 30 liters, TBW. So now how do I find her weight? What's next? So we've got to multiply it by 2 or divide it by 0.5 because she's a female. So we know her weight is 60 liters. Now what? Convert it to kilograms, and let's take it a step further and go pounds. You multiply it by 2.2, yeah? All right, so she's about 133 pounds. Now, if she has a syndrome that increases her um, permeability coefficient, will you see more or less marker in her urine? You would see more. I hear more. Why? Because what's increasing? Her GFR will be going up. And so she'll be able to filter more. And so you would expect to see more marker in her urine. Good. Now, for her hematocrit is 0.35, what's her blood volume going to be then? What do we got? Three point, or roughly about 3.8. Because we know our plasma volume, we calculated that first off. You just divide that by 1 minus 0.35, should get roughly 3.8. Yeah? Is everybody good with that so far? All right. So let's look at this one. 75 kilogram man injected with 100 grams of D2O and 100 microcuries radioactive sodium. So what are we looking with 
our D2O, and what are we looking at with our radioactive sodium? D2O is TBW, and my radioactive sodium is ECW. All right, so those are the two compartments that we're looking for. So after 30 minutes, you've got a blood sample, and it's got 0.65 microcuries of radioactive sodium per deciliter of plasma. None of the marker was lost during the equilibration period. After two hours, another sample is taken. You've got 2.2 grams per liter D2O, and you've lost 0.5% in the urine. All right, so let's see what we've got now. Let's calculate the patients, TBW, ECW, and ICW. So let's do our TBW first. So using our D2O, how much did we start with? We started with 100 grams of D2O. How much did we lose? How much did we lose? Point five percent of of the hundred that was injected, and how much equilibrated? Two point two. So when you do the math, you should get that. All right. So your point five percent of your hundred, and then subtract that from the original hundred, and then you divide it by your equilibration of two point two. So you should get about forty five liters. What's my ECW? How much did we start with? 100 what? Microcuries of sodium, and how much did we lose? How much did we lose? And how much did we equilibrate to? Come on, guys, I need you to let me know if you know this. How much did you lose? How much did you equilibrate at the end? All right. Is there something that you guys want to tell me? We're missing something. Well, we're not missing something, but there's something that y'all are missing. What are we missing? Ah, we need to convert. Don't forget your units. They're not the same. You've got a deciliter and you've got a liters. So we need to make them consistent, right? And so what you have is 100 microcuries sodium, and then you had it, equilibrating to 0.65 microcuries per deciliter. And so you want your liters, you want your volumes to all be the same. So you have to convert the deciliters to liters, so you'll end up with 15.4 liters. So just very be mindful of your units. All right, so we've got a TBW of 45. We've got an ECW of about 15. Hmm, what is my ICW going to be? It should be about 30, right? Can't mark it, so you've got to subtract the values, and you should get roughly 30. Is this true? Are these values correct? I'm hearing yes. You sure about that? I'm hearing no. So you're not sure about that. Are we confident in our numbers, you think? Yeah, here I was. How can I find out? Ah, I can use the weight. We found out at the very beginning he's 75 kilograms. So you can either use the weight or you can use the di-dilution method in this equation, in this problem. You have a choice. So let's see if it matches up. So his weight is 75 kilograms. What's his TBW then going to be? 
It's about 45. And then you do the ECW, which is a third of 45, roughly 15. And then the ICW is the difference, about 30. So yes, are these values expected for this individual? Yep, both the values equate, right? So you have roughly, you know, the correct volumes going on if you use either one of those methods, yeah? All right, so are we good with that, you think? Yeah? All right, there you go. All right, so what do we have? So we have a 220-pound male. Got to convert his weight to kilograms. Then multiply, we got to find his TBW, multiplying that by 0.6. And then we find his TBW, and then we've got to divide that or multiply that value by two-thirds. And if you do all of that... We should get, yeah, okay. So if it's 220 pounds, divide that by 2.2, he's 100 kilograms, times that by 0.6, 60 liters, and times that by two-thirds, 120 divided by three gives you 40. Yeah. All right, this one. This can be a lot of fun. You'll see this. So... The way we're going to approach it, it's going to be like a game, right? We're going to make this like, we're going to make this a little fun. So we know that roughly our total body volume is about 42 liters. And we've got about 28 being intracellular, roughly, and 14 being ECW. And water is going to shift freely between the compartments, depending on whichever compartment is more concentrated than the other. Okay. Now, when you have changes in your compartments, you're most likely going to see these changes in the osmolarity and in the volume. Now, one thing about these boxes is that there are several different ways you could be asked this question. You could be asked this question using these boxes, you could be asked this question using arrows, and you could be used, asked this question using words. So we have to be mindful as to how we're going to learn these boxes so that we're ready for whatever they give. 
When we have our boxes, on the y-axis, we're looking at the plasma osmolarity, and our normal plasma osmolarity is roughly what? 300. So here we've got a normal plasma volume, and then on a plasma osmolarity, rather, and then on the bottom, we've got our volume. Now, whenever we are referring to the movement of fluids, when we talk about a volume expansion, we are only referring to what happens to the ECW compartment. Okay? So in this case, we have an isoosmotic volume expansion. You'll see the ECW compartment is expanded in terms of volume, but the plasma osmolarity has not changed. You can have a hyperosmotic volume expansion. The plasma osmolarity has gone up and the ECW compartment has expanded. Or you can have a hypoosmotic volume expansion. Plasma osmolarity has gone down and the ECW compartment has expanded. Anytime you are given an answer choice in words. They're referring to the osmolarity and the movement of your ECW only. Okay? They're not concerned about the ICW. They just want to know what's happening to the ECW compartment. It's expanding, is it contracting, what's happening to it? And conversely, you can have contraction. Same type of idea. The only difference is your ECW now has lost um, fluids, water, and solutes. Okay. So it could be hypoosmotic, hyperosmotic, or isoosmotic. Now when we look, when we try and do these type of exercising, the first thing you look at when you've, when you've gotten a problem is, one, what happens to the osmolarity? Does it stay the same? Does it go up, go down? And then you write whether it's hyper, hypo, or iso. Next, well, what's going to happen to my ECF? Will my ECF expand? Will my ECF contract? Then that's the second part of answering your question. And then the last part is, well, if that happens, what do I expect to happen to my ICW? Now, when you're doing these boxes, think of it as three separate snapshots that you're putting together on one big picture. What's going to happen to my osmolarity? Up, down. What's going to happen to my ECF? Expand, contract. And then what do I expect to happen to my ICF? Expand, contract, okay? Some students will say, okay, well then if this is a contraction in my ECW, then this is happening to my ICF, and then my ICF is gonna move this back, and it gets, they're talking more about what happens when equilibri equilibri equilibration occurs. That's not what these boxes want to see. They're, they don't, they're not asking about equilibration. They wanna know what is going to happen to these parameters before equilibration happens, okay? So what's gonna happen to the osmolarity? What do you expect your ECF to do? What will happen to the ICF all before equilibration occurs between both compartments? So, let's take an example. What would happen if I have a patient that's hemorrhaging two liters blood? Well, first, what's gonna happen to the osmolarity? Should there see a change in osmolarity? No. Am I adding salts? Am I losing salts? Am I adding water? Am I losing water? No. This patient is losing blood. So there's no change in the plasma osmolarity. So the osmolarity remains isoosmotic. I haven't added or subtracted any solutes or water. What I've lost is straight plasma. 
So there's isoosmotic plasma osmolarity, but what has changed if I'm losing two liters of it? Volume of my ECF. So in words, what would my answer then be? Isoosmotic volume contraction. Right. Now, if I were to draw the box, which one would it be? We would have an isoosmotic volume contraction. Should we see any change with the ICW? Which compartment between the ECW and the ICW is more concentrated? If I've just lost two liters of blood, is there a compartment that's more concentrated than another? No. They're both the same. They have, they're both made up of the same. I haven't added more solutes to one. I haven't diluted one with more water. It's just one has gotten a little smaller, but, and the osmolarity hasn't changed. So there's no, one isn't more concentrated than the other. So when you have a hemorrhage, what you're looking at is an isoosmotic volume contraction. Now let's look at somebody who's drank two liters of water in 20 minutes. What's going to happen to my osmolarity? First off, it's going to go down. So we're looking at a hypoosmotic change. And if I drink two liters of water in 20 minutes, what am I expecting to happen to my ECF? It's going to be an expansion. Right. So now, what do we have? In words, hypoosmotic volume expansion. Now, between the ICW and the ECW, which one is going to be the more concentrated um, compartment? The ICW or the ECW? The ICW will be more concentrated because I've drank two liters of water, which means I've reduced the plasma osmolarity and I've and expanded the volume. So I have diluted out my ECW. So my ICW becomes more concentrated. So which way is water going to want to move to my ICW? So my ICW will then also expand. Okay? So you have your hypoosmotic volume expansion, which will then cause water to move into my ICW because at that point the ICW will then be more concentrated. So what happens if you have a patient who's lost in the desert, no food or water for days? What do you expect to happen to that person? We can talk about it. All right, so what are we thinking? 
You've got a patient, you've got a person who's been lost in the desert without food or water for two days. So you would expect his plasma osmolarity to be very, very high. So we're looking at a hyperosmotic. But what's happening if he's lost in the desert? What's going on? Well, he's lost fluids and he's also sweating, so he's losing some salts as well. Now, one thing you have to be mindful of is that your ECW is composed of two things. It's water and the major cation, sodium. Okay? So whether you lose water or whether you lose sodium, you're still losing a major compartment of your ECW. In this case, he's losing both. So he's going to have what happening to his ECW then? An expansion or a contraction? So we're looking at a hyperosmotic volume contraction. Plasma osmolarity has gone up and the compartment has shrunken. So which compartment now becomes the more concentrated compartment? ECW or ICW? The ECW now is more concentrated. So water is going to want to move from the ICW into the ECW and the ICW will then eventually itself contract as well. So this is what you would draw, how you would draw the box. And this is typically also what you would see in a patient with diabetes, whether it be insipidus or mellitus, you would see a hyperosmotic volume contraction. Now, if we were to use arrows, what you would see in the answer choice, would you would see plasma osmolarity, arrow going up, ECW, arrow going down, and then ICW, arrow going down. Um, for an isoosmotic, you'll see that arrow that goes across with the points on both ends, right, for no change. Question? Um, we're going to get there, so just hold that thought. All right. You guys can work on the next two.
All right. So let's look at C. If I am infusing a patient with 0.9% sodium chloride, what am I giving them? Normal saline. So what would happen to my plasma osmolarity? Nothing. So we're looking at an isoosmotic volume expansion because I'm infusing it. So I'm giving them an IV, so I'm giving them more of those fluids. So you would expect to see a isoosmotic volume expansion. And because no compartment is more concentrated than the other, nothing happens to the ICW. Right? Now what about adrenal insufficiency? What's going on with adrenal insufficiency? What is that? There's no aldosterone being produced, right? So there's no aldosterone, which means what's happening with one of my major cations in my ECW? Not getting it. No sodium. So there's no aldosterone, no sodium reabsorption. So remember, our ECW is comprised of both water and salt. So if I am losing sodium, I'm losing a major portion of my compartment, right? So... What's going to happen to my osmolarity then if I have no sodium reabsorption? We're looking at a hypoosmotic scenario. Question? Cool. That's, we don't have any aldosterone, so the sodium reabsorption has been significantly reduced, right? So there's no salt. There's no sodium in the ECW. So we're looking at a hypoosmotic change, yeah? What's going to happen to my ECW? The volume, is it going to expand or is it going to contract? It's going to contract. I've lost a, a major component of my compartment. So I'm looking at a hypoosmotic volume contraction. Now, question is, which compartment is going to be more concentrated? The ECW or the ICW? The ICW. So which way is water going to want to move? Into the ICW and expand it. Which one is it? It's not up there. And as my friend here had asked me, what would that indicate? This is what it would look like. Right? Yeah. So because you've lost the salts, you've reduced the osmolarity, you've also reduced the compartment because you've lost a major component of the compartment, However, you've lost the salts, which makes it less concentrated to, in, in relative to the ICW, so water is going to move to the ICW, expanding it. Question? You can, but that's not what we're looking at. Now you're going a little bit too much, yes. Because really, when we're dealing with this, we're really only looking at the ECW. Because when we talk in words, we're just looking at what's happening to the ECW compartment. And being made up of water and the major component being sodium, those are really the only two things that you want to look at. But you can infer a little further, but... Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, don't want to let you go too far there. But yes, you could infer, but I want you just to focus on it being sodium and water. Yeah? Question? All right, got two more for you. You guys can talk this one out and see how it goes.
All right. So, we've got a person who's ingested a very, very salty meal with no water. So, first things first, osmolarity, what are we looking at? Hyperosmotic, volume expansion or contraction? Expansion. I'm adding salts to my CW, so I've expanded it out. So it's now a hyperosmotic volume expansion. So we've got one side of the box. Which compartment now becomes a more concentrated one, ECW or ICW? ECW, and which way is water then going to move? From the ICW into the ECW, so my ICW will also will contract. And so we're looking at a hyperosmotic volume expansion due to the addition of our sodium, which is then going to draw water from the ICW. Okay. What about SIADH? So SIADH, what is SIADH? Well, SIADH is called the syndrome of inappropriate ADH secretion, and that's typically with a patient who's got an oat cell carcinoma of the lung. So you've got this carcinoma that's releasing ectopic production of ADH. So the body doesn't need water reabsorption, but because there is no feedback to turn off the ADH, there's a constant flow of ADH that this person is having released, and so they're constantly reabsorbing water even if they don't need it. So then what would you expect their plasma osmolarity to look like then? Very hypoosmotic, all right? And then what would you expect their, their ECW to now look like? Expanded or contracted? All right, so we're looking at a hypoosmotic volume expansion. Now which compartment is more concentrated, ECW or ICW? ICW, so water is going to want to move to the ICW and expand it, and so you're looking at this box. Yeah? We're good? Good. So this is summary of what we talked about, TBW versus ICF, ECF, interstitial, and plasma. And then we talked about our boxes, various conditions. And you're probably wondering, okay, so why are we doing all of this? Like, who cares, really? But what you have to know is if you're going to give a patient an IV, you've got to know what you're giving them. Um, you don't have to memorize this chart. However, this is a good reference. If I give 0.9% sodium chloride, what is that considered to be? Isotonic. So if I give 0.45 saline, what is that? Hypo. And if I give a 3% saline? Hyper. 5% dextrose in water is isotonic. So if I give 10% dextrose in water? Hyper. If I give 1%? Hypo. So that's really where I want you to be, to have an idea of what would cause a change in your box. Right? You don't really have to memorize it. But if you do, and if you really want to know more about it, there's this slide. And then the website, if you want to look even more. But this just kind of gives you an idea of what you would use certain um, IV solutions in which scenarios, yeah? All right. You guys can get a 15-minute break. I'll see you back at 3.